Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And, uh, well, we have another interesting show this week for you. Uh, last week, uh, the Ducks had lost four games in a row. Uh, we thought maybe they would win some this week. Uh, they did pick up a couple points, but uh, they've lost three more. The losing streak is now up to seven games, Eddie. Um, what, do, what do you think? How are you feeling right now? A lot of, a lot of upset of you know Ducks fans right now, and rightly so. Oh yeah, they have a right to be. Uh, I'm I'm upset too. It's heartbreaking. It's just I don't know what's going on with this team and, and why their will isn't there. I mean, I watched the game last night and I commented to you that their physicality isn't there. They're they're charging the person with the puck and he still has it and they just let up and pretty much think it's basketball and barely even touch him. I mean, it seems like the Ducks are afraid to to let their wind from skating touched the opposing player and players are just taking that to the advantage and, and using that extra second to make a better pass and, and convert. It's just, you know, I don't know what's going on with the ducks and why they're so afraid to, to be that, that physical AKA dirty ducks of a lot of people want to call them. I mean, to take a run at someone, hit them, let them know they don't have that extra second to make that, that good pass or make that transition or something. It's just something has to be done. Like, I, I don't know, uh, What's going on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to kind of dive into these three games. You know, the the last three this week were at Honda Center. We're, we're also calling it Heartbreak Center because, you know, each one of these last three games, the Ducks got behind. They did rally. You did see the version of the comeback kids, if you will. And they were able to force, uh, you know, overtime in two of the games. And then, of course, they lost the other one. But you know, just a tough week. Uh, you, you have, you know, you start off the week already, you know, having lost four games in a row. You have your rivals, the Sharks, they come into town. And, you know, the, the other part of this equation, too, is that, you know, the Ducks get scored on first, it seems like, most of these games. And that happened in the Sharks game. Uh, Logan Couture, he scores just, you know, two minutes and 34 seconds into the game. The Ducks do answer back. Uh, Manson uh, gets a goal, you know, just about a minute and a half later. But then, of course, the second period, another problem for the Ducks. They give up a couple goals. They're already down, you know, at this point, three to one. And, you know, they, they ended up rallying mainly because of Aberg. I mean, he, he got a goal late in the second period. He got a goal in the third to force the overtime. But, uh, you know, they ended up losing in that overtime uh, session. But, uh, you know, they got outshot 49 to 30 in this game. Uh, they did win the faceoff battle. That was probably the only good thing in here. Uh, again, the power play didn't score, so that was the fifth game, in, uh, you know, of this losing streak uh, at this point in time where they weren't able to convert. So, again, you know, I think it was, uh, you know, a game that they played okay. It wasn't terrible, but like you said, not really enough physical play uh, from this game. And unfortunately, too, Eddie, uh, the Ducks lost Josh Manson in this game. He had an upper body injury, and uh, you know, he didn't even play in the uh, the two games after this. Yeah, and I'm just looking over this game. They did out-hit the Sharks 27-16. to 16, But, I mean, th- th- their hits are just kind of fluffed right now. It's just like, I, uh, what the best way to describe it is kind of a pillow fight for the Ducks. 
they need to hit harder. They need to make opponents just feel that that pressure. But when you give someone all that time and space and you barely hit them just to hit them, I mean, that's not really doing anything. I mean, the Sharks game, it was just, you know, it was cool they came back. They had, you know, they were down a goal. Madsen finally gets his first goal of the season, which is great. I mean, the Sharks, you know, respond back. And then Aberg, oh, my God, Aberg, that goal was – it was kind of bittersweet because I wish they would have won this game because it, it would have been more bragging rights. But that goal he did, he addressed San Jose. Um, someone called the police because uh, hashtag me too over there in San Jose because Aberg's goal was amazing. I mean, I guess that's uh, the silver lining to, to that game. Yeah, I mean, that goal was awesome. I mean, he, you know, fakes the defender out of his seat. He ends up scoring, uh, you know, he goes from left back to right and then scores, uh, you know, an amazing play. And, you know, he gets two goals in this game. We see him get another two goals this week. You know, he actually is uh, now tied with the team uh, with four goals with Silverberg. Uh, you know, Silverberg also got one later this week we'll talk about as well. So, I mean, that part was good, the emergence of him in this game and really this week, uh, as we talked about, because the Ducks, uh, you know, forwards have been very, very inconsistent, uh, which has been a problem. We're going to actually go into more depth about that too after these um, uh, recaps that we're going to talk about. But, yeah, I mean, that was a silver lining. The bad news, of course, is Manson gets hurt. He's, he's out with an upper body injury day-to-day. Didn't play in the last couple games. And the Ducks did do some shuffling, too, in the defense. Uh, you know, they sent uh, Schuster down to San Diego, which, you know, I know a lot of people were hoping that Shin would get sent down because he's one of the ones that's been standing around just waving his stick at people as they go by and either score or get great scoring chances. So it looked like Carl's, uh, Carlisle tried to shake up the defense. Um, he had uh, Peterson, Larson, and Walensky all came up. Larson and Walensky did play in this game. And, you know, it still wasn't a great game defensively. I mean, the Ducks, you know, gave up 49 shots. I mean, you know, what, what are you going to say to that? I mean, that doesn't really help. Uh, but then they would play in these other games as well. So we saw them. I thought they got better. You know, this this game, obviously not so good. Uh, you know, the Ducks still uh, one of the worst in giving up shots in the league. Uh, 37.8, they give up a game, which is the second worst. They've actually uh, moved ahead of Ottawa. So they're, they're not in the cellar on that stat, but still a terrible stat. But... I thought this game, you know, they came in, they looked a little rusty. Uh, obviously, you know, the Ducks still having issues. I think they did get a little bit better. You know, you, you see them, you go into the, the next game of the week. They played the Philadelphia Flyers. They still got out shot in this game, uh, 36 to 25. They did win the faceoff battle, and they actually did get a power play goal. As we said, you know, the power play drought uh, in that losing streak, those, those first five games, they hadn't gotten one. So they got on the board there. But again, in this game, they got scored on first. They also this is also a power play goal, you know, early on. So I mean, it's just rough, you know. They they get down early and then they gotta come back and they do come back in this game. It, you know, Aberg to the rescue again. Uh, he gets the Ducks uh, the game tied. Uh, of course, Philly goes ahead again. He gets uh, Aberg gets the Ducks back with a power play late in the third period to get the score to two to two. And you're thinking, okay, great. Uh, you know, he's on fire now. He's, you know, leading the team at this point at four goals. Um, you're thinking, okay, they're going to go to overtime. All good. And no, uh, Nolan Patrick, he scores, uh, you know, not even like 30 seconds after Aberg. And then, of course, the Ducks end up losing this game. So they get a point against San Jose. They don't get a point against Philadelphia. I thought they did play better in this game. Not necessarily the first period, but I think as the game went on, they did, they did uh, do a little bit of a better job. You also saw Getzloff out there 
you know, jawing at Simmons. You saw them getting into it with the Flyers. I thought this game kind of brought some more of that physicalness that you were talking about that the Ducks have been lacking, Eddie. But uh, it just still wasn't enough. They couldn't win the game. Oh, definitely agree. Um, Philly came to play, and they came to win. They also had a 25 block shots, too. That, that's, that's a lot of block shots. Uh, Ducks had 16 in that game. But Philly just had that resent, uh, not resentment. Um, they, I don't know. They had that, that will and that fight and that, that killer instinct to actually go out there and win the game. They didn't want to tie it. They didn't want to go to overtime. They just they kept going. And the Ducks just don't have that instinct. And I haven't really seen the Ducks have that instinct at all this season. That that comeback kids, that those those killer instincts where you just you do anything to win, you give it one hundred and ten percent. I haven't seen it this game. And Philly came and ready to play, and they gave one hundred and ten percent. They wanted to win, and each one of their players played a full sixty minute game. And, and look what happened; they ended up winning. I'm it's heartbreaking because I really thought the Ducks were going to lose their uh, lose that losing streak. However, uh, Philadelphia came in there and, and proved us different. Yeah, and then, and then you now see the losing streak goes to six games. Everybody's getting even more upset on on uh, Twitter and social media, understandably so. Uh, I mean, it keeps on going, and of course, we're gonna you know get into the whole Carlisle thing in a little bit. We've got um, some questions about it, um, you know, through our fan segment that we're gonna do as well, and uh, you know, we'll go into it. Trust me, it will you know definitely talk about what's going on. Um, but um, yeah, the Ducks ended up losing this one. I, I did see them, you know, have that comeback, at least, you know, in the, in the Sharks game. This game, it, it seems like, you know, they're giving up a goal, then they, they, they answer, and then they give up another goal, and they answer. And that's kind of how all three of these games went this week. So they then had New York, uh, the Rangers, uh, this, this past week in the last game. And you thought this would be the one maybe they had a chance. New York hadn't been playing that well. Uh, the King Lundquist wasn't in net. And you thought the Ducks had a chance, but mind you, they also still didn't have Manson in this game, just like the Philadelphia game. And I mean, it was the same thing. The The Rangers scored first. They scored on a power play early in the second period. Um, Silverberg then had a nice goal and he scored on the power play on a, on a play that we saw twice in this game. Actually, uh, we saw Getzoff at the point, shoot it down to Raquel. He's at the side of the net. He makes a nice shot, which gets blocked. And Raquel, right place or uh, right time, trying to trying to knock it in there. Uh, but uh, Silverberg gets it and, and then bats it in. And, you know, the Ducks ended up tying it. And in the um, final minutes of this game, they did the same play. And Raquel's right there. He hits it in, ties the game. Same type, almost identical play where Getzloff's at the point. He passes it down to Raquel and he's in the right spot. You know, the Ducks are able to uh, force overtime with just, you know, 25 seconds left to go. So, I saw them getting a little bit better on the offense in this game. The Ducks actually did outshoot the Rangers, which uh, I think it's only like the second time the Ducks have done it this season. I know you got some stats on that, Eddie, but um, uh, but still another disappointing game. They go into the overtime. They don't get it done. They go into the shootout. Um, both rounds, the Rangers score uh, round one and two. No need for a round three because the Ducks couldn't get one at all. And, you know, they got a point, which was great. And it was good to see uh, Raquel and Silverberg in these plays and, and, you know, getting a couple of those goals. But uh, just another disappointing one, Eddie. I mean, you know, putting the, the losing streak up to seven games. Oh, yeah, a heartbreak. I really thought we were going to come over there and win. Uh, I just didn't like what I what I saw last night. I mean, I think the best part of last night was just uh, hanging out with you finally. I mean, it's been a while since we hung out. And uh, I guess the $14 beer that I spent. 
But, I mean, the last time we all shot an opponent was back in October 8th versus the Red Wings. We all shot them 27-21, to 21, and we ended up winning that game. And we tied with the St. Louis Blues, and, we, you know, it was a 31-31 shots even, and we ended up winning 3-2. But last night, like, like I told you, the physicality wasn't there. It's that fluffiness that they weren't hitting the opponent. There was a fan next to me, really, really cool guy. Was agreeing the same thing. Like, like you know, I, I screamed out, like, "Hey, is this? Are we playing basketball? I mean, why are they afraid to go and, and hit? I'll even take a penalty at, the, at this point. Hit the other opponent. Hit them hard. Not injure them. Obviously, I would never want any player to get injured, but hit them hard enough where it's going to make them, you know, lose that focus. And when they get the puck, they know, oh, hit's going to come. I need to get rid of the puck and make a dumb play, and we can, you know, capitalize on that." I'm so glad they uh, they came back and tied it, and we outshot you know the Rangers, which was really you know it's sad but it's surprising. Um, I mean, Raquel getting a goal that's good for him, but I mean he needs to step up. He, he's not his played to his potential. Uh, shout out to you know the local post office in Laverne. I think his name is JT or TJ. I don't know. I, dyslexia. I don't know what's going on, but uh, he was talking about that too when I wore my Raquel jersey. He was like, yeah, he, he agreed. Like Raquel's not playing the same. He has no idea what's going on and he, he just, Raquel is one of those players that needs to step up and, and be that, you know, he doesn't have the A on his shirt, but he needs to be that leader and lead by example and start scoring some more goals. Yeah, absolutely. That's why, I mean, those two plays, you know, were, were great. I mean, he almost scored on the first one. The, he just didn't get it quite past the blocker. And then, like you said, you know, Silverberg in the right spot, taps it in. And then they, they went back to that play again, you know, at the dying seconds of the game. And, and it worked. He had a wide open net and he just slammed it home. So it was good to see him get on there because you're right. He, he's been one of the factors for the Ducks that uh, has been a non-factor. I mean, he needs, to, he needs to get it going. I mean, if this team's going to, you know, do better moving forward. The Ducks did also get uh, Patrick Eves back last night. So there was some good news on that front. You know, he didn't get any goals or anything like that. He did play 10 minutes. He was on the power play for about a minute and a half. Now he actually, you know, did have one hit um, in the game. Uh, so, you know, he was out there and it was good to see him back. I think that was a little bit of a lift to the team. You know, it would have been better if they would have won, of course, but they didn't. So it's good to see that. But, you know, we st- we're still missing all these other players, which is still an issue, of course. You know, Richie is still out. Uh, Roney's still out. Casse uh, with his concussions out. Perry, of course, we all know. And then uh, Comtois, of course, you know, started out probably the, the hottest rookie that, you know, was scoring points almost every night in those first 10 games. And now he's gone. So a lot of that is, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, been a downer for this team. And it, it's made it tough for them to win. So they, they lose these, you know, three games they uh, for this week. And now the streak is unfortunately up to seven. Uh, some stats for everybody. I know some people, of course, as soon as the losing streak keeps getting worse and worse and worse, everyone wants to know what's the worst losing streak in Ducks history. Well, there's a couple of them. There's um, one, the, the very first one was eight games back in October uh, 1996. And then uh, November of 2011 was the other time when, of course, guess who was coached then? Randy Carlisle. So that's where they're at in the losing streak. So they got these games coming up. We hope that they avoid it. But, you know, looking at this, um, I will go with probably the biggest fan question, and we can go through all the other ones, Eddie. But we have uh, Randy asks us, you know, how many more games till uh, Carlisle shown the door if the team continues to play poor? And honestly, uh, I think a lot of people are calling for uh, Carlisle's head now. And I wouldn't disagree with you um, with what's going on. Uh, I do think 
there are some things uh, going in his way. I think the number of injuries, obviously, with all these players is something that in, in his defense, I'm not saying that it justifies the record and, and the performance, but I'm just saying that that is probably why he's still here because of all the injuries and because of all the rookies. But if this, if this Ducks continue to lose, you know, I don't see him staying around that long, Eddie. I don't know. What do you think? Um, um, <clears throat> oh, sorry, Mike. I had a sneeze. I'm allergic to bullshit. I think uh, it's bullshit that, you know, he's still here. He obviously was fired the first time, and I, I, I stand by my ground for a reason, and I think he should have never been brought back. Obviously, he's not, you know, he doesn't adapt to variable change. He he, he doesn't have the coach that does that. It's just things get, you know, rough. He goes back to what he what he's used to. It's just the same old thing. And if you guys watched that that movie with Johnny, uh, that uh, Joaquin Phoenix, jo- Johnny Cash, that one scene where they say, just like this, that's exactly what he's doing to the Ducks. The Ducks are a great team, and screw the injuries. It happens. It's hockey. Get over it. Okay, we understand injuries are going to happen, but other teams can adapt to that. I mean, I think it, it, it's shit that the Rangers can come over there and play their, their their weaker goalie against the Ducks and then save, you know, Lundqvist. I'm presumably going to play against the Kings or, or whatnot. I mean, that's a slap in the face. Like, oh, you know what? We're going to play the Ducks. Let, let's have a good time. Let's go to Earl Sandwich. Let's go to the beach. Let's go to Disneyland and be cool. Like, you guys can drink all you want because, you know, we're going to outshoot the Ducks and we're, we're pretty much going to win. Obviously, they didn't outshoot the Ducks, but they had that mentality of playing, you know, their weaker goalie against us. And I think that that's just that that's a slap in the face to Ducks fans. That's a slap in the face of the team. And, I mean, I'll stand my ground and say, Carlisle, he, he should be gone. He should have never been brought back. I mean, it's just what's it going to take? We, we lost seven in a row. Do you want it to, to go to 15 in a row? Uh, do you want to go to the number one overall pick? You, I mean, come on. Something has to change. Obviously, you know, out shooting an opponent just once entire this whole entire season, that's a big problem. It might not be 100% Carlisle's fault because puck, puck possession is a big problem, but shake things up. Fire your coach and let everyone in the team know, hey, if we could fire the coach, you know, who's next? You know, and I'm, you're not going to get a disagreement from me, you know, on this. And we talked about this on a couple shows before. You know, I talked to uh, Kevin Bieksa before the season, and he was very candid with me about this whole situation. And he said that he did not agree with a lot of the things that Carlisle did, that they butted heads a lot. He believes that's why he was not re-signed. I mean, obviously, we all know his contract was a little bit high, but he was willing to go for a lower price and they wouldn't bring him back, he told me. And he felt that Carlisle would not survive this season. That's what he told me point blank. And he said if he doesn't make it, then he thought Dallas Eakins would be the one to replace him. Uh, you know, that's probably part two of this equation. You know, it's kind of getting ahead of ourselves on that part. But, you know, the things that he was telling me, and then we saw how the season started, the Ducks kind of had a false sense of, you know, hope, I guess. I mean, of course, they started off 5-1-1. One, and one. But, you know, you look at some of these statistics and what's going on. The Ducks have been you know, leaning on Gibson and Miller in all these games, uh, trying to lean on the defense a little bit too much because, uh, like you talked about puck possession, the the Ducks, you know, there's different stats out there. But if you look at the Corsi 4 stat for the Ducks, it's it's the worst in the league. It's at uh, 41, you know, 0.5. 
which is the worst. So that means the other team has the puck, you know, about 60% of the time almost, you know, roughly, depending on how you look at these stats. But that's just – that's unacceptable. And and a lot of that goes towards the shots. The shots for the Ducks uh, are averaging 24.9 shots for, which is the league worst. And they were uh, the worst in shots against. And, and now they've – they finally brought it under 38. Woo. So now they're at 37.8, which is the second worst only to Ottawa. I mean, it's a joke. I mean, these stats are terrible. And you look at what's going on with this team. I agree with you. I mean, I think that management is looking at it as, oh, you've had all these injuries and you're dealing with all these rookie players and you're trying to do all this stuff. But like you said, it's a bunch of BS. I mean, you can't look at that and 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 then see the seven-game losing streak and be like, oh, okay, it's all good. You know, we're fine. Uh, you know, are we going to go and tie our all-time record now? I mean, that's what's at stake in the next game coming up if they lose – they're going to tie, you know, twice the worst record, uh, losing streak record of eight games. And then if that happens, are we going to go for nine? I mean, I don't know. Something, something's got to happen because, like you said, he can't adapt his style. And we've seen that. And, I mean, he's got all his rookie talent. Uh, we've seen flashes of it in certain games and then others. Uh, you know, I think a big problem to it, and I know you know this a lot, Eddie, is chemistry. And with the forward lineup, yeah, there's been players out. But the lineup has been different every single game when it comes to the forwards. The defense has been, you know, pretty consistent here and there who they've been putting with. You know, there's been some changes here and there. But the forward lineup's been all over the place. And if you don't have that consistency, like we don't see uh, Cogliano, Silverberg, and Kessler together all the time, which I know there's Silverberg was out for a little bit, of course, so that affected that. But we're not seeing those lines put together. In the past, you at least had the first, second, and third line somewhat consistent certain players you know with each other at least maybe two players with each other and then the fourth line is just kind of whatever and that's just kind of the you know the way it works for most teams in the league but with this team it's like there's no rhyme or reason we've even seen it when um, Eric Stevens is talking about the lineup he's like yeah like there is no first line there is no third line you know they're just all out there well that's a problem when players don't know roles and certain players aren't gelling with people and you can talk about it better than I can, but that's a problem because you're not getting a four check. The Corsi stats are showing that the, the regular shots are showing that. And now you're leaning too much on your defense and your goalie. And you're, you're, I mean, you're, that's just a losing strategy. You're not going to be able to sustain winning games being outshot by those crazy, you know, disparities. No, it's just going to cause, you know, like friction with the goalie too. Like I'm, I'm sure Gibson Miller, they haven't been too vocal with the media about it as much as they probably should. But, I mean, you get that many sh- shots per game, it's just, it gets tiring and it's old. I mean, I, I, I follow the, the Avalanche a lot too. And, you know, past few seasons they were giving up a lot of shots. And Varley, what, what happens, he gets injured and the team just you know, gets – it's worn down. I mean, you, you can't do that. You guys are a professional team. And I mean, if, if you were Ottawa, I'd understand. And I'm a Ducks fan, 100, 110%. Go 0, 0 and 82, and I'll still cheer for the Ducks. I'll still put my flag up. I'll still wear my jerseys. But when you have a team that can produce better than what you're playing, that's what frustrates me and, and irritates me. And, and it's the same with Carlisle, with shuffling lines all the time. It just. It, it didn't work when he had Jiggy and Hiller. Just oh, whoever wins gets to start the next. No, you can't put do that to a goalie and you know all that pressure. Like oh, I have to win, I have to start. I mean, I mean that was his failure, you know, 
back then. And then he's doing this now with just changing lines. Like, and I'm pretty sure his mentality is like, oh, if you play good in this line, I'll keep you in this line. Hey, I'm going to put this guy on the top line. If you produce, you'll stay up there. You can't do that to a player. And, it, and that's just setting your players up for failure. And I don't think he's, like I said, he's not willing to adapt to variable change. And that's important, especially playing in National Hockey League, because things change in seconds factors change uh skating changes players changes you have to just be able to do that and i mean i i don't mean to you know to bash the coach you know i I love him for the ducks coach and love him for everything he's done like i said before for the stanley cup but enough is enough it's time for a change and and ducks are a way better team despite the injuries or not to be giving up all these shots to these players and, and playing like you know the Ottawa Senators. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's another fan question we had, you know, talking about this stuff. We had Brian ask, you know, he, the Ducks look like they are playing better, the, the, you know, the, this last, uh, you know, week or whatnot, especially, you know, last night, the game that we were at uh, against New York. You know, what are our thoughts? You know, what are the glaring issues that they need to work on? Which, we've, you know, we've, we've talked about these issues. I, I think really the biggest thing on offense and we talked about is is the lack of chemistry on the lines. Of course, there's going to be some switch up with injuries. We get that, but you're not seeing people gelling together that well. So that's been part of the issue. You're not seeing the puck movement working well as far as the passes. They're getting one pass and then a turnover or a missed pass, or then they're going back to the you know dump it in like you're talking about, uh, which is Carlisle's you know go to uh, old school way of play. So I think that's been a been you know a big issue. Uh, for them the like I said the power play was doing terrible uh, for you know the last uh, well five games and then these last two they finally did get uh, a couple goals which has been great but you know their uh, penalty kill also is only at 78.7 percent which isn't great that's another issue too it's 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 in the middle of the league but still you want your penalty kill to be over 80 percent they're not doing it there and, I, you know, on defense, the thing that I, I didn't like is uh, Schuster and Shen, which I was not a, f- a fan of these pickups in the offseason, but those guys stand around too much. They're like like uh, you talked about, Eddie. They're not placing the body on people. And even if it's, you know, if they're not going to go check somebody hard, I can live with that. But you still need to put a body on these guys, tie up their stick, get between that guy and the net. Don't let the guy skate around you and just get a grade A you know, scoring chance. And that was just killer. I, I That's why I'm so irritated with those two guys. And that third pairing we talked about in the beginning of the season, we said this is going to be an issue for the Ducks. It, are they going to be able to you know handle it? The, the top uh, four haven't been great either, unfortunately. I can't really say that Manson, Lindholm, Montour, and Fowler have all been outstanding. They, they've done okay, and they've looked a little bit better in some of these games. But, of course, now Manson's out as well. So... Those are a lot of the issues I see, Eddie. Uh, I think you kind of touched on it. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to it. No, I 100% agree. I think we uh, we don't want to be a dead duck, like I said last show. I mean, everyone can see it, and it just it, it's up to the Ducks' management to make a, some, some sort of change. I mean, Getzloff's frustrated. I'm, I'm 100% sure Gibbs is frustrated. And, you know, just something needs to happen, and I'm, you know, I have no, I have no doubt this team could bounce back from this, and they're not going to be in the the Jack Hughes, you know, sweepstakes like everyone's been, uh, you know, commenting on Facebook and Twitter. I think we'll, you know, we'll be better than that. We'll make the playoffs, but something needs to happen right now. Like, let's not wait till it's too late, especially when you see, uh, you know, teams like, you know, we're being compared and shot wise with teams like Ottawa. That's, that's not good, at all. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if we're going to talk about, you know, maybe some ways of, you know, turning this team around, it's kind of another fan question too. Uh, you know, Jeff asks us, well, what about uh, Aberg being, you know, a top six forward? I say, hell yeah. I mean, if the guy's scoring these goals right now, just like Comtois was, put him in the top six, you know, do something. If you got someone that's freaking on fire, figure some shit out. I mean, you you got to get this chemistry stuff going with this team. Uh, you keep switching everything up way too much. I think the other problem too is, you know, we've seen not just uh, between the lines, Eddie, but you've seen this too, is that you've got guys that play center that are some nights are playing wing and then they're back at center and then the back. And it's like, you, you can't keep doing all that mixing around. I mean, unless you absolutely have to, because you don't have enough healthy centers, which of course we have seen that, but they keep, you know, uh, uh, just shifting positions between some players, shifting players between lines, you know, and I think if, if you got a guy that's rolling like Aberg, he should be on the top six. Silverberg's been, uh, you know, doing better. Obviously, he's back. He was out, of course. But I think that's what you have to do. If, if it's if it's keeping, you know, Cogliano, Kessler, and Silverberg together, keep them together. Let them roll and do their thing. Then figure out who you're going to put with, uh, you know, Raquel and Getzloff. With Eves back, if you're going to keep that line together, then keep that line together. I, I would say go – Go with that, or maybe you throw uh, a Berg up there with uh, Raquel and Getzloff, and then you go from there. Uh, if you're going to keep uh, Eves with him, then put a Berg on the third line, maybe, and, and then keep him there. I mean, they just got to figure it out. They've got to work out these kinks. Yes, injuries come up, and they got to adjust some things. But that's the biggest problem I see is that is that these lines every night you don't know what the hell the lineup's going to be. You just don't know, and. I think that's frustrating for the players. They, you know, they even had a team meeting this week uh, for like 30, 40 minutes before practice. They didn't even come out. They were talking about stuff. Um, you know, we thought maybe it, it would work and they would win that game, uh, you know, against New York. They did play better, but they didn't. So I do think that the streak is going to end. I do think they're going to start trending in the right direction. Uh, I just think there's a lot of growing pains going on. And, and if they've, you know, got some of these players back and they can figure out what they want to do with the lineup. I think they'll get going. Um, but it'll be interesting, Eddie, because I think if the ducks get going in the right direction, then I think Carlisle is going to be safe then. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, do you want him to end this losing streak and get winning? Of course you do. But then if that happens, you know that then Carlisle's probably going to stick around for a little bit longer. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, Oh man, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, obviously, in my opinion, it won't change. I, I don't care if we go on a, a winning streak, you know, three, four games like that. I, I still don't think he, he's the right man for the job, especially come playoff time. Things happen in a fraction of a second, and he has to be a, adaptable to change. And I, I don't really see that. And and what I've been seeing from the Ducks, his style of coaching, it's just, you know, it's bleeding down from everything. Uh, Robert on Twitter was mentioning about uh, what's missing on the blue line on paper. They look good. They, they are a good blue line, debatable on the, the bottoms, you know, pairing, the, the third defense line. That's questionable, especially you know, bringing in some slower guys. Schuster was a little bit of a favorite, a low-risk, mid-slash-high-reward kind of player. He has, the you know, the reach, and he has, you know, the size, but just his skating ability and isn't there. Um, I think once we get a new system and our players possess the puck more, our defense will be better. I mean, our, I mean, you can't really blame the defense 110%. They're doing their job. They're blocking multiple shots a night. I just, 
once our forwards get it, it's that same dump and chase, which everyone really knows what it is and it's predictable and they're countering it. And, you know, it just, it's just, it's frustrating. Like, I keep saying that word frustration because I, I don't really want to drop the F bomb too much, but I mean, it's just, every time I say frustration, just think of the F bomb because that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel you. You know, you and I uh, were at the game last night together, you know, for the first time in a while. And, uh, you know, I had I had hopes that they would win that game. Um, I, I thought they actually did play, you know, at least a decent game. Of course, it wasn't, you know, the best. But, I mean, from what we've seen during the losing streak, it was that game and the Philly game were a little bit better. But I, I think in the Philly game, we did see some of the physicalness come out. And I think that's what's been missing on the blue line. But... Part of the problem, too, is if your you know, offense isn't going down there sustaining a, a, a forecheck, you know, connecting passes and, and doing those types of things, you're leaning on your defense. Then on top of leaning on the defense, you have a third pairing that, for lack of a better word, sucks. As you say, like it is, the third pairing has been terrible. So now you've been, le- you, you've been leaning on Fowler, Manson, Montour, and Lindholm for even more minutes. So and I, in a normal game, I'm fine with that. And and a lot of teams do do that. They the obviously the top four pairings or excuse me, the top two pairings with the four players usually get uh most of the ice time. That's just that's just how hockey is, like duh. But when you're giving up 40 to 50 shots a game, uh, and you're trying to rely on those guys all the time, I mean, you're going to get worn out. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're all-star you know, top defenseman. I mean, you, you're going to tax those guys way too much. And I think that's the, the problem with the Ducks. I don't necessarily think it's, it's the players on there other than switching out some of the guys on the, on the third pairing, but the top four is fine. It's just, if you're playing defense, you know, two thirds of the game, you're, I'm sorry, you're going to get worn out. You're going to get tired. You're not going to check people as hard. You're not going to put the body as people as much because you're sucking wind. I mean, that's just what's going on with the defense. That, that's how I look at it there. Um, you know, we had uh, other people ask questions, too, about leadership. So we had uh, Steven. He asked about, you know, Getzloff, and he comes back, and it seems like the Ducks are losing most of the games. And, you know, what, you know, kind of mentions talking about trading Getzloff and whatnot, which, you know, he has a no uh, trade clause, so he can't do that anyways. But uh, as far as Getzloff and his captaincy and whatnot, I don't see him as the problem. I mean – I really liked how fired up I saw him in that Philly game, especially with Simmons at, you know, towards the end of the second period. And I, I don't have a problem with him being the captain. I think he still is a good leader. And I, you know, he's starting to shoot the puck a little bit more. He's still been making some solid passes. You know, he made a couple of doozies there in that New York game. I think he's fine. I don't think him honestly is the issue. I, it's more of coaching to me than anything. I, I don't see it. I mean, obviously everybody's to blame for the losing streak, but if you had to tell me between Carlisle and Getzloff, I'm sorry. It's Carlisle by far that's is the problem. Yeah, I don't see Getzloff doing the problem at all. Uh, trading him would – or he he can't be traded. He has that clause, but, I mean, he's – we need Getzloff. And you're not going to find a center that can fill the void that he does. I mean, yeah, there's obviously – there's, you know, players like McKinnon, uh, players like uh, Sagan that are, you know, probably a little more skilled and faster. But what he brings to the game, his leadership ability – the veteran presence, the, his physical game as a captain. I, I think he's a fantastic leader. And I mean, I'd probably cry if, you know, I ever heard Getzloff getting traded from the Ducks because it's just synonymous. Ducks, Getzloff. I mean, that's especially with, you know, 
the new school, I guess, Ducks fans could, you know, can see that. I mean, no, he's not the problem at all. I, I think he he's probably going to be the solution. And by calling his team out, and he's real blunt, and he say, says things how it is. So I, I think he's uh, one of the positive factors that, that's going to turn this around for the Ducks. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, this week's another big week uh, for the Ducks. You know, they've got four games coming up here. Uh, they're going to be playing uh, Columbus. Then they're going to go on a, a quick freeway road trip up to L.A. to play the Kings, who, oh, by the way, Jonathan Quick's gone for a while. But, I mean, it doesn't mean that that's going to be an easy game. Obviously, we saw what happened against New York. And, of course, this is a rivalry game. Uh, they have uh, Calgary back at home and then Minnesota. So, I mean, these are some games, again, we talked about. I mean, we talked about it last week that they could you know, could have won. We thought that they would at least win one of those three games last week, possibly two. And, of course, they didn't. They did get a couple points at least. But uh, you're looking at some of these games. I mean, you got Columbus on Sunday. You got to get fired up about L.A., uh, especially being there. You, you know that they want to you know, take us out just as much as we want to take them out. You know, Calgary is another division rivalry. So, I mean, these are some huge games coming up. They, they need to start winning some of these games, and they need to start bringing that physical game like you talked about, Eddie. I, I think we're going to see it maybe maybe against Columbus. You know, we'll see. But definitely against L.A., I, I think we're going to see. And and that might be a game that the Ducks need, you know. They, they might need some kind of rivalry game like that to get their motor running and get out of this rut. Uh, I mean, that's that's what I'm looking for. I'm thinking, you know, obviously Sunday's a big game and they don't want to look past that game. But I'm really curious to see how they play that game on Tuesday the 6th against L.A., Eddie. Oh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a big game. Uh, I'm looking at the, the one on the 9th, uh, Minnesota. I don't know if you guys know this, but I actually hate the Wild more than I do the Kings. I think their fans, most of them, are just classless idiots. And very first time I've ever got physically, you know, accosted by a fan from another team was at a Minnesota and Colorado game when I was stationed in, in Colorado. Fan uh, decides to shove me over my jersey and tries to take a swing on me. Fortunately, it didn't end well for him. Well, I, I've been in numerous LA versus Ducks games, and I mean, yeah, I mean, they talk crap. It's it's part of the game. You, you go to their home, they're gonna say crap. But I mean, that's the game I'm looking forward to. But I mean, right now, all I care about is Sunday and getting a win. Let's not let's not make an infamous record and and get that that eight game, please. No, let's beat the Blue Jackets. Let's write the momentum. Let's beat the LA on the scoreboard and preferably with the fist too, as well. It's like, we all love seeing that uh, Calgary. Let's beat them. Uh, a kid named Johnny hockey. We're, he's still, still young. He doesn't deserve that name. Johnny hockey. People are giving him whatever. Mr. Five, uh, eight guy, my size, I should be playing. And then definitely just beat the crap out of Minnesota. Like hopefully Richie comes back and they go to a shootout and Richie becomes the hero again. Uh, remember last season we're at the watch party. I remember that uh, I was talking to you and your wife about that. She's like, Oh, uh, you know, you hate Minnesota, you know, more than the Kings. I told you that story as well, but let's, uh, let's get these wins. Let's get Sunday and, and you know, short-term memory. Yeah. We have a bad track record. We have a bad season so far. Let's change it on Sunday. I mean, please, I- I'm begging for that. Yeah. And I mean, and you know, Columbus is no uh, team to snuff at. I mean, they're seven and five, you know, it's just not, you know, a little bit over 500. They did, uh, you know, just beat the, uh, the Sharks uh, four to one. And they're also going to play uh, the Kings the night before. 
So we're hoping that, you know, they'll be a little bit more tired and we can, you know, rebound and, and take advantage on Sunday. So that's something to look forward to, too, as well. So hopefully Columbus and the Kings beat the crap out of each other on Saturday night to help out the Ducks on Sunday. So those are some things to look forward to as the schedule's coming up here, um, you know, in this next month. Uh, we have some other uh, fan questions, too, uh, from George. He kind of talks about the league, and, and I know, Eddie, there's stuff you want to talk about. Uh, league-wide news, too. There's There's been some things going on, some stuff about gambling and whatnot. Uh, there's also uh, some kind of domestic violence player that uh, I guess he wants to come back. Of course, he's associated to L.A., so go figure. So we'll talk about that, too. But uh, George does talk about the league, and he wonders what we think about some of the teams out there since, uh, you know, Vegas and Washington aren't doing as good as they were last year, you know obviously having been in the Stanley Cup, and then Montreal's doing better. And, yeah, I am a little surprised. Uh, you know, Vegas, I did go to the home opener, and they got uh, smacked by Philly in that game. And, you know, the season hasn't quite gone as well as they expected, and same with Washington. So, yeah, I am a little bit surprised on those teams. Um, I did think that, you know, it would have been a little bit different to start the season. And uh, it, it is kind of interesting. I don't know. What do you think about, you know, some of the stuff going on around the league? Any surprises with some of the teams? Uh, you know, the Penguins are hanging out there in first, which isn't much surprise. So is Tampa. But um, anything else surprise you? I mean, obviously, like we like uh, George was pointing out, Washington and Vegas not doing as well as we thought. What do you think? Uh, thoughts around the league. I actually like this question. I, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed and – and frustrated and kind of borderline disgusted how the league is going now. It seems like players and teams aren't really that it's not that hard hitting the fighting's down. Um, I, I understand, you know, about the, the brain issues and everything like that, but I mean, hockey, I mean, the integrity of the game is, is it's, it's a hard hitting physical sport. And I, you know, I, I'm sorry. I mean, no disrespect to any player that suffers from a head injury, but I would honestly give up my life and, and my brain to have that fraction of a chance to play in the NHL. I mean, that's a dream come true. And it just it seems like the, the league is trending downward on the fighting and hitting it. And that's what's one thing that's bothering me. And, I mean, I'll probably make a video because I, I, I probably won't be allowed to say the things I really want to say on this show. And Mike will probably kick me off ducks and pucks, which I do not want to happen. But, <laughs> hey, hey we, we are starting to cuss a little bit more. Yeah. So, you know, we are getting a little bit more real on here because, well, hey, we're frustrated. And like you said, it's, it's bullshit what's going on. Oh, so. yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, the Vegas situation, I think that uh, – come on, it's Vegas because – I'm a whole different person when it comes to Vegas. I mean, I'm like a third person. You can call me split from the movie because I go to Vegas and I'm inebriated, uh, negative before I get there. (laughs) Um, I think that's everybody. (laughs) I think teams, when they first went to Vegas, got a little bit too uh, Vegas flu happy and didn't take them seriously as as a franchise. Now teams know, hey, we're going to go to Vegas. They almost won the Stanley Cup. We need to get our crap together. And let's not – Let's not put you know money on black or red, and let's not get that extra drink. Let's just really focus and go to bed early. Um, as far as that, and Washington, come on, they just want to stay on the Cup. I, I pretty, I'm pretty sure the whole team is still uh, hung over from Ovi's binge. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's a given. And then also, uh, I did want to talk about a question that Jennifer wrote on Twitter. Mike, uh, Jennifer is yeah. really cool. Really sweet lady. I, I love talking to her. I consider her a friend, even though I never met her. She was nice enough to send me a, an Avalanche jersey, an old school one that I really wanted. And it's just, I love it to death. 
um, I actually made a donation to the the Veterans Center in her honor for giving me that jersey. But she asked us the all time favorite duck moment and player we like to share the ice with, not named Korea or Solani. And I want to say my all time favorite ducks moment. I don't really remember it. It was in '95, my very first ducks game ever. Um, that's when I fell in love with the game. I, I I fell in love with the sport, and I was supposed to go to a Kings game, you know. But, uh, you know, I guess they were out of town and they weren't playing. So my dad went to Ticketmaster. That's how old that was when those were around. And they said, hey, uh, well, there's a team in Anaheim called the Ducks. And my dad's like, well, what the hell is the Ducks? And he got us tickets and we sat, you know, I want to say nine rows from the glass. Uh, a puck went and almost hit me and scared the crap out of me. But I think that was my favorite Ducks moment because it, it, I became a Ducks fan from that game so i mean i'm bandwagon from 95 if you want to say that and a player i like to share the ice with i want to say uh, patrick wall um i started watching and following the avalanche 97 because patrick wall went ballistic when a goal got allowed i think it was against dallas and he threw his net and screaming i'm like dude a goal went past him and i started being infatuated with, with goaltending and his style of play um so basically i i just felt you know that's my second team. I fell in love with the Avs because of him. And then getting stationed in Colorado, I, I was, you know, brand new in the Army. It was my second duty station. And, I mean, my first, you know, I was in Kansas. I was in Texas, away from the Stars. So I didn't really get to go to a game over there in the summer. So I went to the uh, the Pet Center and the Avalanche. And the Avalanche and their staff and their fans were just amazing. They took me in as their own. They knew I was a Ducks fan at heart. And when the Ducks came and played, I ripped my Ducks jersey. And they just, they didn't care. And they were the most... Uh, classiest and and great fans and I have a lot of uh, friendships from them yeah, um, it's just from that experience that, that still uh, messaged me on Twitter or they'll text me asking how I'm doing it just you know so sharing the ice with Patrick Wall who pretty much which is my favorite position in hockey is goalie which I've never been that good at I'm starting it now again in the beginner league but I, I'd like to share the ice with him and, and talk to him have a beer with him and just kind of pick his brain and you know how to be a a decent goaltender, especially me playing beer league. So, I mean, I don't know about you, know, about you but that, that, that's mine. So uh, what's your favorite all-time Ducks moment, Mike, and a player you would like to share the ice with, not named Lonnie or Korea? Yeah, and, and I, I think kind of an obvious choice would be when the Ducks won the Stanley Cup because I was there for every single playoff game that year, and, and then they won. So, I mean, but that's obvious one. So, I mean, that's everybody's favorite moment. So, besides that, I would go with really the Ducks' first game because that's how I uh, got into hockey. Uh, back then I was, uh, what, 14, and uh, my mom had bought one of those mini plants back then. You know, she didn't buy the whole season tickets. That's how we started out. And she was, you know, because I'm a big Angel fan and the Rams are still in town. They used to play at Angel Stadium as well. So then here's this, you know, Honda Center is built across, you know, the riverbed. And, you know, this is the next team. And, you know, let's, you know, go with the Ducks. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know, let, let's go for it. And uh, I went to that first game. And, of course, everyone knows they lost that first game, of course, to Detroit. But ever since then, um, I was just really into it, uh, you know, because we never had a team locally. A lot of you know I followed uh, Pittsburgh in the late 80s and early 90s because there were no Anaheim Ducks. So, you know, that's my other team. I know some people give me crap for it, but I really don't care. You know, some people have a second team that they like, and if they do, that's fine by me. If you, if you don't like that, then whatever. But that's who I liked originally. And, um, uh, you know, of course, when the Ducks came, then, yeah, that was my team. And um, 
that first game, I just, I was really into it. And, and, and after that, you know, we bought uh, season tickets. We split them with a couple other fans for a few couple years. And then we just had our own season tickets. And then, uh, you know, because of finances and whatnot, we had to go back to the mini plan uh, for a little while. And then obviously now the last few years, but back to the, the full season tickets. And uh, that, that's my, my best moment really. And, uh, you know, if I had to pick a player, Really, to hang out with um, not named Korea or Solani for me it would be Jaya Shiger, another goalie. Um, that that's who I I really liked, especially in that Stanley Cup run. I mean, Jiggy was just freaking amazing, um, you know. And and I just if I had a chance to go hang out with him and talk about you know all his playoff experiences and whatnot. Uh, of course, you know he played on Colorado as well. So uh, that's that's the one that I would like to sit down. And like you said, you know, just have a beer and just shoot the shit and, and just talk to, um, you know, besides, of course, the, the, big, the big two, uh, Taimu and Korea. Oh, that's that's awesome. I, I thought at first you're going to say Marlon Lemieux, uh, especially uh, being a Pittsburgh yeah, fan. Yeah, that's, 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 that's up there too, definitely. And Yager too. One of the first, um, yeah. Yeah, one of, yeah, one of the first hockey books I read was about him. And it was like, wow, this guy is freaking awesome. Yeah. But yeah, there's like a ton of players that I would love to sit down with. I mean, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just I, the only players I had, actually had drinks with was uh, I had a drink with Slani, which was freaking amazing at his restaurant. I, I, I can't – I was like almost fangirl at that moment. Um, and then I had a beer and was talking to some blonde-haired, blue-eyed kid uh, talking to me, I think he has blue eyes, I'm not sure, but I'm talking to him in Colorado. Just, you know, we're just talking about nothing. He asked me about the army. Cause I had a bracelet on about, you know, a fallen soldier. I had having a beer. He had a water. He's waiting for his food to go. And I'm like, cool. You know, shook his hand. Hey, you know, nice talking and, you know, nice when you go abs, you know, like nothing. I go downstairs and I see that same guy signing autographs. I was like, wait, who is that? That's Gabe Landis cog. I'm like, Oh my God. I just had a conversation and I didn't even know it was Gabe Landeskog. So that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. It's a lot of leagues. I mean, that'd be really cool one day. We just, uh, especially you and I, Mike, just sit down and talk to a player and have a beer with them. I mean, just pick their brains and you know, that'd be fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like you said, yeah. If, I mean, if I had to I'd do like an all time list, we could probably do that on another show, but you know, it'd definitely be uh Lemieux and Yager would be up there. Uh, of course, uh, Gretzky would be up there as well. I mean, Bob, you know, Bobby Orr. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of names. We, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on, but as far as like, uh, I would, you know, going with like ducks, uh, players throughout history, Jay Shiger would be the one I'd want to, I would have said Guy Abier, but I have actually met him before and talked to him. Not that I, I wouldn't want to do it again, but uh, you know, he's just JS is one that I have not had that opportunity. So I would like to do that. So, Oh yeah. He's a, he's a really cool guy. I, I first met him in Colorado. I had my, 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 my Anaheim mighty ducks, you know, eggplant Jersey. And I went to a signing of fest and I was like, Hey, would you mind signing this for me? Like, I know it's not the abs Jersey. And he starts laughing. He's like, wow. He goes, I haven't seen this Jersey in a long time and big smile on his face. And just, you know, I got to talk to him for like two, three minutes, but he was just really friendly guy. And then the funny thing about that is when he came back on that, I guess that Jagir coin night they had a few seasons ago, I had an avalanche picture with him, an avalanche gear. And I brought that to Honda center and he was at the Jack Daniels lounge with Dan Wood and Steve Carroll. 
And I was like, hey, um, I don't know if you remember me. I remember I brought you that Mighty Ducks jersey in Colorado. Now I'm bringing you an avalanche picture in Honda Center in California. He starts laughing. He shook his head. He's like, yeah. I, he goes, I vaguely recall that. I remember signing a couple of uh, duck stings over there in Colorado. But, yeah, he signed my picture too. So that, that was pretty fun. He's a really great guy. And, I mean, we should invite him on the show or, or you know, buy him a drink sometime at next watch party. Yeah, there you go. I mean, you're right. I mean, I haven't, uh, you know, talked to him in person. It sounds like it would be a lot of fun. So he seems like a really good guy. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. That's the one I'd go with. Uh, you know, we're getting close to wrapping up the show here, but there's uh, some, you know, league news to talk about, Eddie. Uh, uh, may, maybe probably the one that irritates me the most uh, with L.A. is the uh, whole Voinoff situation. You know, uh, I don't know if you wanted to mention that and then talk about, uh, you know, kind of the Batman and the gambling type stuff and, and whatnot. Yeah, let's just break down from the top and we'll, and we'll get the Voin off at the end since I know we, we both want to discuss that. Austin Matthews is out three to four weeks, which is unfortunate. I mean, he's a great, phenomenal player, and it's sad to see any player, including Jonathan Quick as well, go down with the injury. I, I hate to see that. Uh, the Sens player, uh, I want to say, what's his name? Bro, Browinski got suspended twice in one week congratulations dude like i'm actually you know what that's an i'm not even mad i'm impressed um like will ferrell said i hope the person that doesn't like me making will ferrell comments isn't listening because i'm sure they're gonna get upset uh and then we have a uh, nylander is still unsigned and there's been some rumbling from a source about toronto and canes possibly making some kind of you know maybe a deal or talks about him um, I'm not sure if that's going to go down. And also, Islanders news, Joe Hosang, he was infamous for wearing number 66, which he got permission from you know Lemieux to wear that. He's uh, sounding off against his club again, quote, saying, I felt like they had their minds made up on what was going to happen and what the team was going to look like. It's okay. They had the whole summer to plan that. I don't know if you watch any of games, but I didn't play a lot. It's okay. It is what it is. Lou has his morals and you don't get to have, or you don't have to agree with them, but those things aren't going to change. You're a rookie player, dude. Shut the hell up. You should be, you should be happy. You have the opportunity to play in the AHL, let alone play in the NHL. Why don't you stop talking and focus on your game? Obviously, if you were good and you made an impact, they would have kept you up. John Tavares left that team and they had a big void to fill hey, you weren't part of it. And it's not because, you know, they had anything against you or their morals or whatever you're saying. Uh, It's because you're not playing well. So shut the hell up and play hockey. That's all I have to say about that. MGM and the NHL made an agreement about gambling. I know the Supreme Court passed law making it legal or something like that. I haven't really got, you know, deep down into that. I'm working with someone and hopefully we can bring him on the next show. He can, you know, dive into that more. But I guess, you know, they're having a partnership with gambling. Um, I know Gary Bettman before said that, you know, he didn't want the Golden Knights being on the boards, you know, for gambling and stuff, but his mind changed in the press conference he gave because of Supreme Court's decision. Um, I kind of see this being a problem. I have certain, you know, and I'm nothing against gambling people and people that make bets, like nothing against you at all, but I have a, a personal moral judgment about gambling. I never gamble or bet against hockey are sal hockey stuff like that i i just have a personal thing about that um yeah i I make the friendly bets you know 
a, my, my buddy is a Kings fan. You know, if Ducks don't make the playoffs, oh, my case of beer, things like that. Or, hey, I'll bet you like, you know, $10 Ducks will win. I mean, things like that. But to be like a hardcore gambling person and betting on the game, I, I see it being an issue. Um, I know players aren't allowed to gamble and stuff like that, but I, I can see a, a player that's not making as much or wants that, you know, that greed bug bite him throwing a game. And I, I just don't want to see that in, in our game, in our sport. I mean, our, our sport is, you know, something special and something different. And I, I think that's, I, I don't know, I see that being a problem more than anything. So, uh, and, oh, you want to comment on that, Mike? No, no, yeah, just what you were saying. I agree with you. I mean, I think the you know the gambling thing. I'd like it to stay away, but of course, it's a business and it's money. So, I mean, that's I you know the way it's going to go. I mean, there's nothing going to stop it, unfortunately. But I'm, I'm all with you on that 100. Uh, percent The other thing for me that I'm more pissed off about is this whole Voinoff thing, Eddie. I think this is a complete joke. And I'm sorry, I take domestic violence uh, extremely serious. And I just, I don't really care whatever the, you know, uh, the way the situation went down uh, in his incident, you know, however it was. I don't care if it's a push or it's a beatdown of the person. To me, it's all wrong anyways. And I think that the fact that they're entertaining this, I hope that it just, they say no and it gets, you know, done right away. Because I just have zero tolerance for that stuff. I just don't like it. Um, especially when there's either alcohol or drugs involved as well. I'm not saying that that's what happened in his situation, but I'm just talking in general about these incidents. So um, like for you, the gambling thing's a big issue and gambling's, you know, I, a big for me too. This is a, a big concern for me. And I just, I'm just disgusted when I heard this news. That's just all I can really say, Eddie, about it. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm more disgusted with some of the Preds fans that are, uh, you know, I, I compared it. I, I made a little joking thing saying, um, you know, maybe the, the National Predators will take him since they, they allow that, it seems like. And people jumped on me real quick. And, you know, personally, like, if you want to debate me, I'm more than welcome to. Send me a DM, shoot me up on Twitter, and we can do a live debate. But once you send a personal attack, I obviously won the debate. And people are saying, oh, well, you know, Nashville's different because he just pushed her. Like really, guys? Like he's a w- an independent witness just saw you assault your girlfriend, and then her coming out saying that oh, it's all her fault. She has a drinking problem, women batter syndrome, and I, I mean, I don't agree with that. I don't think it's right. And you know, a push uh, compared to what he did, it's all the same. Uh, he he shouldn't be back in the league. Yeah, I, yeah, he he paid his price. He he was in jail. Cool, and he's went through counseling. Good, great, and I wish you all the best, and I wish that really changed you. But the fact is, if we let this happen in the league, and I mean, what stops it from anything else? And I know other players have been in trouble, and the league didn't do anything, and they're still, you know, playing, or they have, you know, charities, and they contribute to the league. But I mean, this is a whole new world right now, and and that's not acceptable, and things are are, are bad. In this country with, you know, people killing each other, especially significant others. So, I mean, I think this just kind of opens it like, hey, well, he did this. He went and played in Russia for a few years and still got his money, uh, tax-free money. And then he's just going to come back and think everything is okay. Like, no, it's not. I, I mean, Watson, him, they, they shouldn't be playing. But, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. I, if you guys think differently, like I said, I'm welcome to debates as long as there's no personal attacks. But, you know, I mean, I mean that's kind of done and done. 
I, I kind of want to end my uh, my hockey news segment with the Kevin Weeks quote he posted on Twitter, and I think that it's really powerful and it really explains how much the game means to him and myself. And I agree. So quote, he says, we respect all men slash women that have built our sport to where it is as well as doing. So now the game belongs to nobody, no region, city, country, background, gender, ETC. The game is bigger than all of us. And it is all of our to enjoy. That's the essence of hockey at NHL end quote. I think it's a very powerful powerful statement. Hockey is a great game and a game that I love and I'm def I'm I'm deeply in love with the game. And I think that you know, to end my hockey news, I think that's the best quote and we should all, you know, live by that quote that he said. So uh, thank you Kevin Weeks too and if you want to be on the show, go ahead and uh, send me a DM and we'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a very very powerful quote and I think that's why I you know, we like doing this show and we like writing the articles and we do the social media stuff and that's my biggest thing too as far as you kind of touched on it too. If you want a different of opinion, like if you think Carlisle should still be the coach and you don't think he's mainly responsible for this and you th- you think it's all the players instead or you think it's something else, I mean, I'm more than happy to debate that too and talk about things as well. Um, I, I'll do it openly on social media. You can you know call me. I don't care. I'm, I'm totally down to do it. But like you said, at least do it in a respectful way. And I think that's kind of unfortunate that that's what we've gotten away from, especially in social media. Everybody can you know, make a fake account and, and, and argue things or, or even not a fake account and still go on there and think that they can, you know, be rude basically. So that's my only caveat to that. I'm all about debating and, and I love going to the games, uh, hanging out with people, you know, out, outside in the hallway in between the intermissions and it's fun talking to other fans. And, and, you know, we're talking about, you know, whether or not this is what's going on here or what did you see there? And, and, you know, and it's all in a good, uh, natured friendly way. So that, that's what I look for too. And, you know, kind of the wrap up show, basically, um, we still have our Patreon website going and we appreciate the support from all you guys. Uh, we had some donations too. um, this week from just uh, like random people that didn't even do Patreon. They just donated uh, to us. So I'm extremely thankful for those. Uh, we're still giving away the $200 uh, cool hockey gift card each month to a Patreon person. And we will be giving away uh, the Scott Niedermeyer uh, tickets for that retirement jersey, as well as a, a Scott Niedermeyer used game stick. The, the person, the winner will get both. So it's kind of a big thing. So if you want to sign up, you just go to www.patreon.com dot com slash ducks and pucks um you can you know sign up for one dollar or you can sign up for more um if you sign up for five bucks or more then we send you a t-shirt and probably a few other goodies i've been trying to throw some things in there and that's worldwide too i want you to know so we've had people probably just want to give a shout out in general to a lot of people uh you know of course we have listeners in the u.s and canada duh i mean that's the the main two areas but we have a lot of people in europe and several countries over there uh, we've had people in Mexico. We've had people in South America, Australia, uh, China, Japan. So, I mean, there's people that listen to, you know, our show. And I'm sure they listen to other shows and read other articles from other places as well. But it goes back to Eddie's point that, you know, this sport breaks uh, everything. You know, I, I didn't think starting this show and and website you know, I, I thought, oh, you know, most people in, in the U.S. and Canada are the ones that are going to listen, which is true. That is a big chunk. But there are people worldwide, different races, different religions that like this sport. And I and I, 
I think that's what makes it great. I, I know a lot of the other sports reach around the world too, but you know, I love hockey and I love the impact and the fact that we can, uh, you know, have someone in Ireland telling me about listening to the show or someone in Spain or someone in Sydney, Australia. I mean, it's pretty crazy. So I'm happy for that. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's really awesome. And if you hear a, a single female in Australia and listening, uh, go ahead and uh, slide into my DMs because I think a lot of Australians are, <laughs> you know, my, my crush, Margot Robbie. I mean, wow. I mean, anything to get close to her. So that's just a joke. Though. Yeah. Hey, we got we got to go to Australia. I mean, I got to take some duck stuff over there. Actually, I've, I've sent some ducks and puck stuff to Australia, you know. So anyways, it's just been great. We appreciate all the support. Don't worry, the Ducks are going to get out of this a win. Of course, we don't know, but we hope next week, and we hope especially on Sunday against uh, Columbus. So with that, we'll be back in a week again, and let's go Ducks.